Hello, and welcome to Dad Talk, a podcast starring Chris Adams as the dad, Lauren Adams, his daughter, and myself, Matt Greeley, son-in-law to Chris, husband to Lauren. Dad Talk is a podcast that is meant to share those classic dadisms, those dad moments that teach us something, make us laugh, or simply leave us scratching our heads. Chris is the kind of dad, a well of knowledge, who has forgotten more than I've ever known. He's a jack of all trades and a master of some. He's a master carpenter, a woodworker, a talented musician and songwriter. He also just has a thousand and one hobbies and side projects and topics that he will talk for hours about with anyone who he comes across. And no matter who you are, you can't help but connect with him. And we hope to share that with you on Dad Talk. Enjoy. Dad Talk, episode one. In this episode, Chris talks about gaffes and bloopers from on the job back in the day. We talk a good deal about sailing in our flagship podcast. And being that it is our first podcast, we are going to discuss rites of passage. And by the end, we'll all be three sheets to the wind. Uh, Lauren used to tell me, um, and I, I mentioned this before, uh, we wanted to gig more often. We were doing gigs and uh, with our music, and she would say, "Dad, let's just go on the road and have a great tour." And my favorite word in that is "just." Yeah, yeah. Let's just. Simple as that. It reminds me of like a Monty, Monty Python, right? Mm-hmm. How do you cure cancer? Easy, simple. Go to college for twelve years, get a doctorate degree. Uh, stu- uh, do all your research, well-funded, uh, and after 34 years, you've done it. Easy. Simple. Perfect. So that, that's how to become a doctor, you said? No, how to cure cancer. Oh. Easy. Well, simple. Become a doctor. It's simple. <laughs> simple. Yeah. I don't know how we got to that. Leapfrog from one topic right. to the other. Yeah, I love, I love uh, subjects. My brother calls it linkage. There's got to be some linkage. Right. From one subject to another subject. Yeah. And here's Lauren. Hello. My wife. My daughter. Hey, yeah. take, take my wife. She's, uh, please? Please. Please. She got, that at least she was polite about it. <laughs> so I had an idea for like a parallel podcast based on what my imagination told me this podcast was going to be like. Yeah. Where it's called, I'm sorry for interrupting, and it's going to be every time that I try to cut in when either one of you are talking yeah. and it doesn't happen and I just... Overdub later. Well, what I was gonna say was, oh, you cut us out on on the edit. Like if yeah. like every time I every time you interrupt me, I just say, well, the end of that sentence went <laughs> thusly. Well, that's a solution. I, that reminds me of that book we used to read as a kid. What do you, what do you say, dear? I don't remember that one. Your plane crashes into a house and there's a lady in bed or sipping tea in a big chair. And what do you say, dear? Excuse me. I don't remember this book. You don't book. remember this book? No. What do you say, dear? Is that your father-in-law, like, scare, scare, you know, like, scare the, scare my... No, it was just, it was just on bring it up. It was My just wife's a, husband, that would be himself. My daughter's husband. You, it's like, you you know, you don't have the old school, like, intimidate me kind of thing on purpose anyway. But he just subtly brings up but plane crashes. But he brings crashes. up plane crashes every time we have a big... Oh, I'm so long. sorry. I, I, did, forgot to, I forgot to realize that you have a little phobia. <laughs> just a little phobia. I, I should have used another example, but I couldn't get one. If a, if a monkey jumps in your swimming pool and your neighbors are upset, <laughs> what do you say, dear? That a lot better. Runaway bunny. You know, it's like, if, if you Runaway become... Bunny. If you become the wind, if you, you become... The, the velveteen rabbit? No, the runaway bunny. If you become, if you become uh, a sailboat, I will become the wind and blow you back home. Ah. If you, be, you remember this book. I do remember that book, right. and I think that it informed a lot of my songwriting in the future. It turns out. Yeah, or children's books. Is children's that, books. That do you time? remember blueberries for Sal? I sort of do. Was there a bear involved? Yes, there was a bear involved. Yeah. I was thinking about it the whole time we were on Pitcher Mountain. Like you're looking for black bears? No, because oh. Grandma Jean used to read it to me. It, oh. it was just like all part of the kind of mythology of New Hampshire and blueberry oh. picking in my childhood. That yeah. like That like, you know that fine line that happens in childhood between like what you remember as mythology or legend and what actually happened? Right. And so, you mean in your so own life or do you mean... Not that, in, 
Either or. I, I just think, like, my like our adventures to, to New Hampshire were, like, I was thinking about it while we were up there, and I was just thinking we kind of did the same thing, you know, we'd, like, go to Pitcher Mountain and pick blueberries, we'd right. climb Mount Monadnock, we might like maybe... Crochet, uh, uh, cro- croquet. Croquet. Yeah. Uh, we would occasionally canoe on Nubanusit. Right. Um, and Norway Pond. Norway and Pond and Old Home Day. Old Home Day. And yes. And that was I kind have, of. I have good. I have good childhood memories of Old, of old Home, home day. day. Yeah, yeah, I think they've been doing it for like 115 years or something yeah. like that. What the Adamses? No, the town of Hancock, New Hampshire. What do they do there? It's it's like a. It's an all day festival. Yeah, it's a like big it's parade like a parade in town. Yeah, a, it's a parade. A 5K and they run. Throw, yeah, oh God, don't remind me about oh. that 5K run. Oh right. Well, the real story about that run was it was. The day after I got my very first period. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> On the mountain with you and Peter and Grandpa Kit and Haj, oh, the dog who was a I, man. I remember, I remember uh, Robin. Robin was very... Yeah, she was frantically trying to find me a sanitary pad because okay. I was 11. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Oh, well, yeah. She was, she she was honored to be involved. She was honored to be involved, yes. But, was, but also... <laughs> Also militant in her endeavors. Yes, and right. I remember asking her, is there anything I need to do? Not no. really. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I want to help, but yeah, what do no, you do? No, you no. Know? Yeah, that was, on, that was on Welsh and Dickey. I That's be- right. I became we a woman down. in the White Mountains. That's right. That's impressive. <laughs> I think I might have too last weekend. Or well, that's a man. I don't know. I was supposed to be like a... Like a rite of passage? Like yeah, I meant it in like a positive, not like... I, not like a weird gender It wasn't a self-deprecating misogynist. There's a lot of folks that go through an actual rite of passage. You know, there's, you know, whether bar mitzvah, whether, I mean, communion is, is one of, you know, there's all these different things. That, and I never had any of that. The closest thing I had was uh, I went to this camp called uh, Camp Carson. It was YMCA camp. Oh, Camp Carson. And, Regale us, please. And, and, and uh, if you're a, a citizen or you're a camper of good standing character and integrity, in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. in the middle of the night, they come in and grab you. And they're oh. in full Native American headdress. Ooh. Uh-oh. And, Uh-oh. And, Ooh. and they kind of drag you off. Yeah. And you've been, elect- you've been selected to go through this initiation. It's culturally appropriated kidnapping. Yeah, good point. <laughs> I never thought of it like that. I, well, and you know, I was, was I was. It was the seventies. Uh, well, yeah, I was old enough to know that mm, nothing, probably the sixties. They're not allowed to do bad stuff to me, but that's just by the, the same token. Oh, that's I wasn't right. Allowed to talk. They kind of tortured three you. Days. Not torture. Didn't they like burn hair in front of your nose? Like, like not your hair, but they would like burn hair. I think hair there was some rituals so that, like that. So yeah. that you would, that you'd be like blindfolded and you would smell right. burning right. hair and think that your hair they was did on also fire. Yeah, that kind of counts as but torture. Then to, to but then you had, but then you had at the lodge where they had their own lodge. They had lodge. squares of stones that you would stay in this square, and you'd have to write uh, stuff about spirituality, define your spirituality. Weird. And I was what twelve. Oh and, um, Can we read this? Do you have it? Can I pull this up on your phone. Oh or something? yeah, no, where, not my phone. It would be. It would be a waterlogged paper somewhere. I don't know if I even have them, but I don't know if that's well, anyway. So I had to try to find that. And it, it was. It was just a, a ragtag bunch of paper, and mm-hmm. and you'd have to raise your hand. And they'd bring you under, under the pen if your pen was out of ink or whatever, and that you would just write and write and write. And I'm not sure if they actually read this stuff. They just wanted you to write it. But I'll never forget, you're supposed to not talk for three days. No no verbal, nothing. Not a squeak. Not. So we're on uh, one day, we're totally, they kept you awake all night too, so you're, you have no sleep. So we're at the next day, and they made you do trail maintenance. And we're, we're just, you know, doing the stepping <laughs> oh, stones. Oh, yes, manual, the manual labor part of yeah, torture. Yeah, and, and they're just moving stones and building, and we had to do it without talking. Mm. You know, we'd have to, of course, this is Mm-hmm. audio not visual yeah. so, so you'd have to use um, hand motions hand and motions and, and uh, no, no one in that crew knew who to sign language but sure. but anyway I turned over this rock and big rock and I was amazed I got it and under it was the most beautiful um, colony of many many different types of crickets bugs and insects hmm. and I went wow look at this Everybody came running over. Wow, wow! And they were all looking at it with, me. yeah, look at this. And then they looked at me. You talked. <laughs> they had forgotten that I talked. It was so cool. And I said, see. So I got some demerits, and they did some 
things about demerits. I forget how they do it. Yeah. But the final night. That's now on your social security number. Is that? No, I'm just kidding. Is yeah. that my, my uh, social security number? It's a, it's a mark less. that's followed I'm, you. I'm not going to make what they tell me. I'm going to yeah, make you, them social your security. trouble or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the final night, they, it was a loincloth, and we dressed up with the, with the war paint, which, mm. was, which was herbal. You know, it was not just. Uh, herbal war paint well it was not was it just like soot from the fire some of that but there was other colors involved so they did berries berries and clay I think was there but um, my point is they did all organic yeah they did not go out to play school and get the color play school colors of you know of paint I think they had them in most schools (laughs) go on well I knew this was camp anyway so and then they marched us down to the lake they put us in canoes and someone with a real big headdress fore and aft on the canoe Paddled us maybe four in the middle, mm-hmm. right? And, and they'd paddle us out around the point. And as we ran at the point, a bonfire, I've never seen the size of like this huge bonfire. And and for some reason, and you know, they didn't tell you what was about to happen. I mean, you, you figured this might be the final night, but you didn't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so all I remember is my heartbeat. And they're rowing quietly and towards this fire. <laughs> and they beach the canoes and my heartbeat. So, it's like the reverse of the telltale heart. This is they 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 anoint us somehow, and now we're allowed in the lodge. No other campers allowed to say the word. They have to say the tea lodge. We're allowed to say it. And there was a there was a there was a when you walked on the lodge property, it's like the Spock thing. You go like this, twice. Okay, is that a Spock thing? I think that actually just means I love you in the sign language. Okay, that's it. Maybe that's it. Yeah, over your heart. You do that okay. twice every time you walk on and off the property. So. All I remember is everybody, uh, it was it was a big party. We went to the mess hall, had a huge breakfast, anything you wanted, you know, late at night. And uh, that's my only rite of passage that I actually experienced. That's your only rite of passage? I mean, that like was official, symbolic. Like official, like, yeah. it was like curated. Right. Official symbolic. One. Yeah, the first time I drove a backhoe, oh. <laughs> <laughs> was your real Tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> now, how did that go? Did you did it start? Well, this is actually very embarrassing. Oh, perfect. Oh, this is what I was sent by my employer. Check the levels. Make sure we're getting this. Uh, <laughs> Matt Roy sent me down to one of the job sites when I was a laborer. Mm-hmm. He said, get that back or figure out how to run it and get oh, it up yeah. to another job. The, this was when you lied and said you were you were a diesel mechanic. <laughs> no, that's a different story. Oh. And, and I, w- I wasn't a total lie. Well, you I were... had worked on diesels before. I had built my own engine before, but not oh. a diesel. Oh. So, well, all right. So anyway. Did I feel, that's like anything in construction. The first time you do it, you have to lie. Right. I'm the best. That doesn't work for me because I usually work for you. <laughs> and you know I my know, life. but if you're out doing your own, yeah, I know how to deal with that. Hey, Dad, and you call me on the phone, whatever. And I used to call people just like you call me. Mm-hmm. You know, no different. No different at all. But my point is, um, I went down to get this back. It was an old gas line. It was a diesel, 530, 540. Old one. All spring and leaks. But uh, I got it running. Right, I knew enough to how to get a diesel on. You have to do glow plugs as well, and I got it running. And so I, I made sure that the stabilizers were up, the backhoe was up, the front bucket was up a little bit, and I started going up this hill. I didn't realize that there was a limit to the steepness of hills you can do. Right, and I didn't. Know, that was, sounds like something you wouldn't know. Right, so the backhoe started doing a wheel stand. I fell back on the controls <laughs> levers, and thank God I did because it put the stabilizers down. <laughs> I wonder if they're designed that way. It's for ding dongs no, taking no, no, up the. I mean, I remember my back ribs. The back, the ribs well, I just mean, you yeah. know, if I'm an engineer and I know the limitations of the the slope at which they can go. Yeah, no, everything went down. Stabilizers in the back thing went down. Just enough weight for the front to come down. Right. So that's that's the only time that ever happened. It was so steep that the front wheels were coming off the ground. Yeah, he was doing a wheelie. You know, so right. I was into a wheel stand. About to flip. And I had no steering. Yeah. And then it was after that I learned about brakes on tractors. I didn't know about that right and left braking yeah. steer, without a steering wheel. Um, right. Anyway, uh, that's that's one mishap I had. But but that wouldn't have even helped because isn't it still like front? You're still doing wheel stand, so you're right. right. You're you're would, and I do it here. I, I've had too many logs in the back of my carryall. <laughs> you know, I have to put the thing. I have to drag it so the front wheels come back. Down. Oh yeah, yeah. One way to deal with that though is just scope the hill backwards. That's the simplest solution. Oh yeah, I guess that so. Works. So, um, well, other embarrassing, um, it's not a rite of passage. What is it? It's just a, 
It's a moment of uh, learning experience. Accelerated clarity. Right? <laughs> I like that. Uh, I had a. We were taking all this. The guy that owned Albrecht's Nursery. We were building him a house. It's a beautiful spot right down in Gladwin. A long driveway, and, and they needed a bunch of dirt. They needed, so we had another job site. I'd take the backhoe and I'd load the dump truck with dirt. And I would take it up and dump it right next to the deck, you know, so where we needed it. So, the lower level. so you could walk out a little bit. It wasn't just straight down cliff. Mm -hmm. And um, so <clears throat> the first time I did it, I had the chain yeah, so the door would open right in the back of the, it would mm -hmm. open maybe a foot. Well, I didn't know you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to let it go all the way up or have it go down the other way. When you, so I, I, uh, I did the thing, undid it, right? Undid the, the, the lever that holds the bottom, and it went out, but it was on a chain, so it only opened 12 inches. And the dirt uh, ended up jamming against the tailgate, and the truck literally went up. <laughs> and I was standing like John Glenn on top of a rocket. I shut the engine off already, thinking oil pressure, you know. And, uh, <laughs> oh and there was a guy, an old, old curmudgeon. His name was Charlie Hisner. His nickname was Sneakers. He'd, all he ever wore was these really cheap sneakers. <laughs> but he's the best carpenter in the world. Best, you know, th thinking on his feet kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, all I remember him, he, was, he came out on the deck because now I was level <laughs> with the deck on the second level. And, and I'm sitting there with a weird look. I shut the engine off. But anyway, he said, you're in a bunch of trouble now. <laughs> and thank God there was a shovel there. You've never seen him be. And I shoveled the entire dump truck load by oh hand. My God. And it was kind of cool. The truck came down the, as I did it. Oh, you know. my God. So wait a minute. So the truck? The truck, the dirt didn't go out of the back. It built up way on the back. And because it built up on the back, it was way over the rear wheels. Yeah. So now it so was, the whole nose of the truck went yes. vertical. Right. So I, we could have done, so you were, we could have changed it. You know, we could have done all the uh, suspension springs. We could have done, oh, yeah. taken off the front end. It was all. So you right. basically had a dump truck sitting on its on That's its right. Ass. That's right. And it, and, it, and it was sitting and it, on dirt. And it slowly just came back down. Right. It was probably four tons, five tons. I don't know. <laughs> but, but it was a, it was a, it was a big old blue Ford dump truck. Ah, right. And uh, and the last <laughs> minute it did come down kind of hard, you know. But yeah. it was starting to come down shovelful. Like, but only a couple feet. Not but I was, feet. I was Gomer Pyle. That day. Oh my God! You know, I don't. Do you know the reference? Yeah. Yeah, from uh, Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket. Wow! I didn't even know you knew that. That I didn't even know that reference was in there. Gomer Pyle. That we called him. Gomer uh, Pyle. No, it, Lieutenant Pyle was his name. I don't. Gomer Pyle was a show. Oh. Black and white TV. Okay, wait. Yeah. So we have a different reference. Ed Ames. What is this going? He was a great singer, but he was just this goofy guy in the Marines. Right. And they tried to you know, try to get him to quit. Because he's just so goofy. He's just so a nerd. Or he's a, he's a yeah. pleasant guy with a big old southern draw. And I'm suddenly thinking that Stanley Kubrick just basically made a much darker version of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this was not... Cover Pie was just happy. It was like Church silly going. and goofy, right? Yeah. yeah. But to get, him, to get him to quit, they would make him dig a hole eight foot by eight foot by eight foot just so they could bury the fly that the sergeant just swatted. Give him a proper burial. Yeah, and, and you'd see in the, in the in the TV series, you'd see maybe a little of his head, but dirt flying out so fast, you'd think it was a right, 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 right quarry operation. So you were like, yeah, no. yeah you're going to pile. Yeah, that day, that dirt. day I was going to pile in that situation. That's the only time that ever happened. There was a funny story from when you were building Lin Tree that you told me recently. Here, here's the one that that just well, who the different characters you used to work with. Big Bill, he had just gotten out of Chester County Prison. He's he's been do he's did okay later. I mean, he straightened up, got a real job. But he was a laborer. Yeah. And he was the guy that when the new laborer showed up on the job, if someone was hired, mm -hmm. even if it was just manpower. Mm -hmm. you know, so, so yeah. He would he, when you're when you're taking your morning dump, he would take the backhoe with the skids on it <laughs> and go under the pallet that Johnny in the spot and take the take the guy around the loop. Oh my God! You know, about a quarter mile. For the bumpy ride. Wait, so, this, well, so this guy would come up with the backhoe, with the, would lift like up the construction people. porter potty and yeah. drive it around while someone was taking a shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we had to stop that at some point. Right. The guy was so loyal. He really was. He was. He was. He wanted everything done. He, and he didn't even have much energy. But he would. He. He was. 
determined to make sure that um, our interests were covered. For example, one day we had uh, the building inspector was arriving to do the final UNO, and two hours after that, the we final use and occupancy. Use right. and we and we later everything was fine with this unit except the insulators had not arrived yet. Mm. They're on their way. So uh, as illegal, I don't think this is probably fraud because our intent was to insulate. We did. Oh boy. But I told Bill, go to another unit, get a little insulation, and sprinkle it around the attic open. That have fallen on the carpet a little bit. <laughs> which is, and then make sure there's no step ladder. To get up there. Yeah, no way you can get up there. without. And set, even if we have to send a laborer, you can't find it. really can't find it. A ladder. Go, hide, some, go hide the ladders. Hide all the ladders. Hide all the ladders right. also. He was one of these guys, Karasis, he's a nice, very nice guy. But he was really just a, you know, uh, you know. Stickler. Yeah, stickler and, uh, and, and, and for good cause, no doubt. Yeah. And he saw the insulation. But I, I got to see up there. He said, yeah, well, there's, there's a ladder. No, he sent them for a ladder. He couldn't get a ladder. He couldn't find a ladder. Mm -hmm. Okay, Bill, let me stand on your back. So Bill went down. So the guy climbed, was climbing on his back. And Bill went to the floor. Ow! Oh, my back! Oh! He went, they all went to the floor. The building inspector with his with his <laughs> Oh, my God. He's thinking Bill's going to sue the tattoo. Oh, man, is that her? Oh! So, oh, God. Well, I gave him 100 out of petty cash that day. You know what I mean? Just for his you acting. You can't make that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah just for his acting. His acting. To, yeah. to join the street screen That's actors right. guild. He was looking out for us. And, wow. you know, as soon as we're... In, I remember being in settlement with a couple and seeing the insulation <laughs> drive by the window in the trailer we were having. So wow. they got it done. And it's a sure. well-insulated unit. And then the one guy... The one guy... Oh, I, sometimes he just... I don't know I don't know where I come up with this stuff, but <laughs> the last minute... We're going to settlement. They're walking. They're going to walk through the house in about an hour. The refrigerator arrives. Easy stuff. We put it right in, plug it in. No big deal. Ice maker, two seconds to hook it up. No big deal. Well, some, some, somehow the measurement of the refrigerator was exactly what the drywall was. No clearance at all. And I told the laborer, go in the back of the backhoe and get the grease gun. And we literally <laughs> greased the walls up. And we all pushed with all our might. Okay, it's in. You know, then we came back. After they were in, man, we should probably change it. So we, we changed it for them. We took all the drywall out, right. moved the wall back, cut down a wall. But, you know, it's amazing what you do when that, that big pot of gold, you know, $110,000 is yeah. going to transact in three hours from now. Right. And you have... Just you just got to make that yeah. house livable. That yeah, I don't there. miss that stress, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. That, that you, know, yeah. All, you know, like we were building houses in the 70s. Uh, right be right. Well, Jimmy Carter interest rates went to like 17, 17 crazy percent, yeah. and people had locked into a 30 year mortgage at, at 5.8 percent, and now the mortgages were you know 12 percent, right? And so, uh, the real don't miss this settlement. So, no one was buying houses. Well, I mean, things are still robust, believe it or not, for a good while. No way. Towards, towards once 80 came, that was it, 1980. That would that really hit bottom, but. But even with the higher rates, it didn't. People were still getting, but they had these low rates, and so the bank was looking for any excuse to renege on the old rate. Uh. So if you weren't, if you didn't pass inspection, I remember lawyers calling me up. Oh, if rates you, for you guys, you know, for our customers. Right, right, right. If you, yes. if you guys screw this up, my customers going to have to pay an extra three hundred dollars a month for three, 30 years. Yeah, right. And that was a big number back then. Yeah, so, it's still so, a big number for 30 but years. But th that was also Jeez. during a period when uh, when John Donaton, you know, Mark's dad, yeah. uh, went fishing just about every week with the building inspector. Mm -hmm. of East Town. We were building in East Town Township. Right. And he he, he inspected, but he, he didn't care. I'll write you the UNO. I haven't seen it. I got UNOs without any toilets in the place yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Christ. I'll just sign. You're going to do it, right? Yeah, no problem. And he was, you know, he, was, he knew I was good for it. Yeah. And, you know, I know where to find you, he'd tell me. You know what I mean? You, <laughs> nice. you screw me. Subtly threatening. <laughs> so we got we got these people in, and the bank, how did you get that? You went out. The and, banks? Yeah. It seemed like things have turned out well for them. Yeah, all, no matter what, there's, they're always going to have an angle. I didn't realize this, but our population grows at a rate that needs new housing all the time. Yes. And I, I don't think we're there yet. I think I think there's they're not building enough. Well... Know. That's partially true. There's also a a very large number of 
foreclosed upon bank-owned mm. properties. And a lot of them aren't exactly livable right now. But And also, see, so, so there's a, a couple of issues. There's also people who own lots of property who don't occupy all that property. Mm. Like, like, that's, like, the whole thing with Airbnb is, like, in, like, um, Chinatown in San Francisco, for instance. Um, that's a neighborhood that's really been screwed over by Airbnb because people, super rich people will buy up all the cheap apartments for rent mm -hmm. and then Airbnb them. So use them as passive income. But that means also there's no, so that means that there's... Without having to pay hotel tax. Right. Well, but yes, but also that means they're buying cheap housing up. And not occupying it. And driving the prices up in the process. And driving the prices up. The, yeah, prices because the prices are more rich now, not on the market, so it's rarer. Right. right. So yeah. yeah, so it's like it's like um, artificial supply cutting. Right. So it's it's messed up. I mean... You know, when I think, uh, you know, I guess that's why I'm a Democrat. I think stuff <laughs> needs to be legislated. I think when, when things get out of control. Well... Regulate it. Yeah. Well, I mean, to, to so, I don't, I don't not, not put the kibosh on it, but but well, if, you're gonna, like, yeah, if you're going to have a government and a system in general, like right, you're going to have to make rules because you, you know what? The right otherwise, otherwise, it's Lord of the Flies. Yeah, like I'm, yeah. I'm not necessarily pro-government, obviously, but I would. Well, that's not obvious to our listeners. Obvious to me. Yes. Well, you live with me. Well, I'm married to you. Anyone who says or claims or asserts or assumes that any corporation or wealthy person is going to do what's in the best interest of the people because that's, you know, their consumer base is like sorely delusional about, about how corporations work and what their bottom lines are. Because if it's, even if it's illegal, like no one ever goes to jail when a corporation breaks the law. They, right. ra they rarely right, right, even, right. They, very, they rarely even have to pay money. Right. Well, and even when they do, they, they do that, they factor that, that cost that's, in. That was in their cost. Yeah. Like, their right. bonus plan, well, that, some of that is illegal. I guess the bonus plan has to be bigger now. Right. Or, or the severance plan has to be bigger. Right. Well, some right. of the stuff we did was illegal. Oh, well, all right, we'll do a bigger severance. Right. So, so it's factored, you know, on, some, on some level it's factored in there. Yeah. And, and, and you know, we're never going to read that now. We don't have to. Well, we look, see it well, play out. Yeah, we see it play out. But and 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 to some extent, we're not stupid, <laughs> right? The three of us, maybe. Together, well, <laughs> together we're not stupid. <laughs> By ourselves, God help us. <laughs> no, I mean, but it, this is a a good time to quote the great George Carlin, because Lauren quoted him the other day, and he said, uh, "Think about the average person and how dumb they are. Now think about." Half the people are even dumber than that. Right. And it's really starting to feel like... Uh, it's really starting to sink in. It's really starting to feel like he was talking about like 2017. Yeah. <laughs> and especially the 2016 election. Well, there's always specifically, been stupid but, people. Well, he, he simplified some... He, he put it into humor, but and dark truths sometimes are very close. Yeah. Together. Like, he, what did he say? He said, uh, the rich folks are going to keep all the money for themselves. Mm -hmm. We're going to keep just enough so we can keep... Pushing our buttons and, and going to work every day, but no more than that. And they keep the poor people poor, just just so we have something to see that will become to us if we don't do exactly as they say. Right. It just yeah. to scare us, you know. Yeah. And, that, and that's yeah. and and I'm sure there's a if if you were to dig deep enough in, into an elitist financial provenance, you would see that. You would see, you'd be able to see some of that. But you're not. It's not like I say, we're not going to see the memo. Well, it's not. It, the problem is, it doesn't have to be written in the memo because it's written right. into the system. It's written. It's built in. It's, right. It's, well, yeah, but also WikiLeaks. If it was a memo, it would be like the, the, the note Woody Allen gives to the teller, and the next scene in the movie, they're in the president of the bank's office. I think it says "gov." <laughs> I don't know. They're arguing about. It was such bad handwriting. He handed the uh -huh. note to the teller, and they're arguing over what it says. You know what I mean? They, they argue, but no, that doesn't say. Uh, that doesn't say keep the poor. It seems it means something completely. You know, it does seem feel like that would happen. Like if even if it, there was like an explicit right. like 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 why? Right. That can't be true. Right. No, no one wants to break their. You call a lie when so and so lied? How dare you? <laughs> 
Well, yeah, that's sort of exactly but what's happening. It reminded yeah. me of the, of the time on the job site. Uh, my boss, Bob, came in on a Sunday to unlock a unit so a trim carpenter could finish a unit, which he promised to do. Mm -hmm. We were on a deadline. He showed up. The guy never showed. And mm -hmm. Bob called me. I said, what's up? I don't know. I don't know what's up. And I, the guy showed up Monday, and we're out in the street talking with him. And, and uh, <clears throat> Bob asked him, look, I was here. I was ready. To, what happened? I, you know, didn't call anything. What's going on? And he said, well, sometimes these units aren't swept well enough for us to do our job correctly. Trim carpenter. Mm. And what's that got to do with anything? <laughs> so I said to him, well, you can say stuff, so I can say stuff. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, I guess that's the term, false equivalency. Yes, that would be a false equivalence. Yeah, yeah. it's like, okay, now I have to go back and join the planet Earth now. If it's okay, <laughs> excuse me. It sounds yeah. like... That sounds kind of like when I'm really losing an argument with my wife. Go on. No, that's it. That's all. That's as deep as I want to get into Grappling hook? Oh, yeah. I knew the grappling hook. Let's see. 40 minutes in and we mentioned grappling hook. Oh. Good. I thought it would be me that mentioned it first, but no, just... That was uh, just great. That had me in tears. It's the grappling, you know, next to the grappling hook. And I was actually looking for... What? In the bushes. What were we even having well, you look the, for? Where the key was or something? Where or? the key was to the house? See, I was going to mention this at some point, but right. that is why. That's a story. That's this true. is kind of like when you're always like, it's hard not to learn something from you when you interact with you, and it's just kind of your nature. You're always teaching. You're always thinking about stuff. It's pontificating, as you said earlier. Yeah. And so, but that is something like you, because I've, I've worked with you before, and like I'll be especially early on, like I kind of started to pick things up, but yeah. at first I didn't really know that much. I knew some tools. I knew yeah. a few things here and there, but you would be like, so yeah, you got to get the, uh, so get the, uh, get the leveling, uh, ha hammer. And then there's a hatch, uh, a Tyndall, uh, lever in the, and yeah, then you use the sailing lingo. So it'd be like apt forward. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Part start. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, I'm literally out there scratching my head, like thinking about the words you said and trying to use like Latin root, to figure out exactly he's talking about. <laughs> Good. I mean, I, I, I probably will always take too much for granted that the people find use for any genre of communication useful at some level, right? I mean, it's, it's yeah. be a, call it my character flaw, and I'll, I'll live with it. But um, Will do. I, I'll never forget, you know, the Coxes. I remember they had these shingles that were stapled. They should never have been stapled. They were metrics by certainty. Fiasco from the start, but anyway, they had the big blows. You know, like a nor used to come through, and they'd lose thirty percent of the shingles on our house. The whole neighborhood was like that. I did some roofs back in the day. When they, they were stapled. They were stapled instead of they had these wide staples, and oh, they would just, and they'd just rip up. Yeah, and yeah, they right. the glue wasn't thick and good enough. It was just supposed to be adhesive every time you put a shingle down. Anyway, right. <clears throat> Where I was got this a call. This was over in uh, New Kent, Russia. Okay, just okay. curious. I got a call, emergency call. Got a laborer that was working with a good old guy. Uh, a poor Republican, and, and he uh, poor guy, interesting guy. I said, "Come on, we got a tarp roof, so we got the biggest tarp we could buy." We went down to this house and we put a bunch of ladders up. Come on, we got to go up. And no, I'm scared. Come on, you got to go. And you know, it's like a spinnaker. You only hold if as long as you don't hold all three corners. You only hold two corners. You're safe. It'll flap, but you're safe. Don't hold three corners. It'll fill with wind. That third corner screws right. you. And all of a sudden, you've got forty-five thousand pounds of pressure pulling one human being right off a roof. Sure. Don't do it. Okay. And it was a pretty simple concept. And he kind of got it. <laughs> I was making all these arguments. Like why he should. These people are just leaking in the kid's bedroom closet right now. Come on. <clears throat> and I, we had inspected the house. So was, he, was, he, he was afraid of heights. Yeah, well, he was usually pretty good. But it was dark. It, it was, was like dark. a hurricane, it was, right? It was nighttime. It was dark. And it was blowing. <laughs> I mean, he was, was afraid the tarp's going to blow him off the ladder. Yeah, he just, yeah. So all I said, right. well, unfold it carefully, you know. Well, very, we don't have to go fast. We just have to get it up there. This is exactly so, what you would say to me also if I was the one that had to get up on I don't know what. We, we've had, we have some of these discussions, like, like <laughs> over the come up in the cars, whatever. It's so, like so, if a plane crashes into your yeah. house, who... I run rush shot over the bumps in the river and, and the cars, and I, oh, my guitar. And oh, instead yeah. of me... <laughs> right, because I was in the back. Right. Oh, Yeah. No, I would be in the back of your truck, and your guitar would be in the cab with you. Yeah, That's... yeah, but but the bumps might hurt my guitar. Right and there, they won't hurt me. So anyway, that that was a mm. put me in my place. So anyway, I'm arguing with Billy. Come on, we 
Where, where are you? Billy, we've got to get this started there. I ended up doing it myself. But my final argument to him, my final grasp at straws was, Billy, this is the only time in your life you're going to get to know viscerally what it was like on Captain Bly's ship sailing to windward around Cape Horn when you're up in the spreaders. <laughs> what the hell? Are you? I realized I was being abstract. I, I, I had to hold some things from the ground. You know, he was fine. I was up there on the roof. <laughs> but he, 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 he just yeah. like, whew, right over his head. And, yeah. and he, he knew what I was talking about, but as if I wanted to be in Cape Horn on a spreader, you did? It was one of my, I mean, I'm glad I lived a show. Yeah. And I, I will say, when I was 13, holding me by the, my strap, my belt, my dress clothes. My uncle Bill, who I've mentioned, took me to the first uh, lookout on the Eagle Bark. Uh, it's a bark. It's a bark. It's a type of ship. Oh. U.S. Coast Guard ship Eagle. Mm -hmm. I went to the first cross trees. It was at dock. It wasn't in a, Yeah, sure. It wasn't off Cape Horn. Right. But what a view. Yeah. So that, that's. It. But I always wondered, and and I never would probably sign on, but I always wondered. What it was like to, for a ship around Cape Horn to, to list 30 degrees to starboard, then 30 degrees to port, pretty quickly, accelerating the velocity at, at, at when you're already 70 feet up on a mast, trying to reef a sail or furl a sail, and, you know, what that's like. What, what are the G-forces? You know, probably a lot. <laughs> it's math we could probably do. When it is math we could definitely do. Yeah. But so, I don't think that would help your body feel what it felt yeah, right. like. So, Maybe. like I say, when it was blowing on this, you know, on this roof, I got a good sense. What <laughs> <laughs> out the force. And, and so Bill missed Please. out. Yeah. And just, and just. Uh, Poor Republican Bill from the old neighborhood missed out. Yeah, Bill. Uh, but there's. Billy. There's Billy. a. Uh, oh, wait, and then Uncle Bill took you to check yeah. out this boat. Look, he was a Coast Guard. He was the commandant in the Coast Guard. Right. In the 8th District, which was Manhattan up to Boston. Oh, wow. And he was in charge of all the Coast Guard for the 8th District. Oh, wow. And he got ousted. You can look it up. This guy, Lithuanian, Russian, whatever, jumped off a ship oh. onto the boat of the Coast Guard cutter. Right. Demanded asylum, which they gave him initially. And they were trying to work on fishing treaties. Bill, Uncle Bill was just out of a hernia operation. Someone was else was in command. Right. But the guy didn't know what to do. Bill called the State Department. The State Department, no, no answer. <laughs> he couldn't get through to anybody. His upper, you know, the people. Right, right, right. He tried to call. This is their issue. You know, they, they would have demanded him back. You know. What, and, Russia? Yeah. And so Bill uh, looked up in all his policy documents, which he had. And yeah. he was in his bathroom at home. And he ordered the guy to give, give him back. And of course, they didn't just give him back. They came to get him and they beat him up on our deck. Bill and so it turns out the so guy. So we had to do basically like like foreign policy like damage on, on control. Damage control right. from, now if from, it happened in Florida, it happens effect. all the time. With right, and so, Cuba, and but it never happened up there. So anyway, we and Bill was sensitive. They were trying to work out this treaty, treaty about time. fishing, yeah. offshore fishing. We're working, we changed the limit, uh, the, what the actual uh, limit for foreign fisheries right. to come into our shores. That that pretty much did it for Bill. I mean, they they had all these hearings, and and he was he was thinking of retiring anyway. But there was also rumor he might be selected for the next commandant of the Coast Guard. Right, right, right. But uh, who knows? But he resigned. And the hearings were uh, a sham, basically. Yeah. And they shut him down once he started talking about the State Department, not answering their phone or not. Oh, you know, of course. So they shut the hearings down. Yeah, we were actually watching a movie the other night, and it was. This, this senator in this, they were doing a hearing and the senator was like cutting the guy off and being like, that's it, I just wanted to read that. Nope, no more questions. Right. It was probably kind of like that. Remember, it was, yeah, a, what were we it was a, a real philosophical intellectual. Was that, was that, it wasn't the one about the... Uh, Iron Man 2, <laughs> if you must know. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. Iron Man 2. Was it? Tony correct. Stark was in a hearing because he had, uh, you know, his He weapons. had his mech suit on or whatever and was doing like, he was arguing that it wasn't a weapon. That it was a that it was a prosthesis. Uh, he had his buddy Rhodey, who had written the entire report on this mm. mech suit, just read one excerpt 
And the guy was like, you do realize that, like, reading just this one excerpt, obviously going to be taken out of context, and it's not the full story. Yeah, it was like... Oh, so they, they were trying to... They were they had an agenda ahead of time. They exactly. Yes, this making was a shock, but yes, they had an agenda. Right. Yeah. So your Uncle Bill was in the Coast Guard? And was right. was Grandpa Kit in the Coast Guard? No, he was Navy. No, he was Navy. Your grandpa knew it was in the Navy. He was drafted. Everybody was drafted. Was, oh, yeah. was Bill in the Navy also? Yeah, was, earlier on he was he was in charge of destroyers protecting North Atlantic. I kinda of don't really understand the difference between the Navy and the Coast Guard. Well they're just different Navy. The Coast Guard like is off, di- offense defense kind yeah, of thing. Well the no, Navy does defense and offense, but they're but they're Oh sure, the Coast Guard explicitly has to guard Just, our coast. Yeah. Okay. So they're they're uh, coastal waters mostly, and it probably amounts more to like stopping drug trafficking. Now it does. Illegal yeah. immigration now is a big, right. big faux pas. It's changed over the years. It used to be, but it used to be maybe like look out for U boats and whatever. That's what. Yeah. Watch out for yeah. Nazis and it was that. But I don't know who he, wasn't watching out for Nazis. Well, you got to always keep your eye out for Nazis, but uh, back then, I still yeah. still do evidently. Yeah. Right. Good point. But yes, yeah, so I, I was curious where, like, when you um, first started like sailing. When was your like? Who taught you how to sail? Uh, we learned like, at an early age. We had a, a sunfish. Uh, we have a mask for it now. Sunfish is shot. That's up in your hand. Oh, remember. that sunfish. Yeah, I don't but know we that. have a sunfish here. That's yeah, we good. have one yeah. that I bought, and I have the old mask from the old one and sail. Oh. All, all our sails are big, but we just sailed. We just automatically put it on the roof of any car we had. And whenever we're going near a body, when we sailed, whether it was down the shore, we sailed in and out would of you, inlets. Would you sail on the ocean? Oh, yeah. And a sunfish? Yes, all the time. <laughs> I don't even know if you're allowed now. You yeah, so, definitely are not. Well, like oh. the Hobicat Beach, you are, and the surfing beach, you might be able to. Maybe. But, Maybe in, in that one beach. But I remember it was extremely difficult to sail a sunfish out through big surf. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we got yeah. it, but it was, it was like you get knocked back, and then you try again. Eventually, you get. So sometimes you get out of the water, out you know, Into the water. and pull and pull till you're deep enough. Or the waves are you, you quickly jump on. Like I say, when you're kids, you're fit. Um, but anyway, uh, so many times I can't tell you how many times this happens. We're sailing along, everything's good, and uh, we're getting kind of shallow near Beach Haven, or we went down near uh, Stone Harbor. Stone Harbor, yes, yeah. where the at sailing beaches. We're sailing. There's waves. We're trying to miss the waves. You know, oh, shallow but not so shallow. We're hitting our centerboard. And I remember one time, just sailing. I was planning. I was really moving fast. And we were actually moving backwards. Oh, my God. Over the bottom. The current was that strong. Right, right, right. It also happened around, what's it called? It's called The Race. And it's a current that goes around the tip of Long Island. Sound Mm -hmm. with current comes around near, I guess it's Fisher Island, whatever, near Montauk. Mm -hmm. And we were actually... For a while, sailing a 31-foot trimaran, all sails up, good wind, maybe moving, you know, we were moving 12, not, we were moving six, seven knots through the water. Right. All of us. And there's a day marker on a pole that mm-hmm. navig- aid to navigation, and it was going backwards. <laughs> and we finally... Or it was going forwards, you were going backwards. That we were going backwards. Right, yeah, right, it right. Was, it, We were, you know, it was, it was interesting that the currents, and they say the race is even stronger. The race is near... Uh, where the uh, Long Island Sand turns in, near Hell's Kitchen goes down the East River. Yeah. Huh. Now you say that race, if you're on the wrong side of the current there, you need you need almost 12, 13 knots. To, to just counteract to stay, it. Yeah. Wow, yeah, yeah. Because we, wow. whenever we go kayaking out on the bay, I always, not confuse, but maybe conflate tide and the current. And Well, they're more in the same sense. The tide well, is up and down, the current, and the, the up and downness of it, is creates it a current. Creates a current. Yes. Yeah, so so much water has to come into the inlet. Yes, I understand. Okay. I understand. Anyway, so you get it. You get it. But but I just I I for some reason I don't consider the direction of the current. I just think like oh well maybe when it is high tide. I, for some reason in my mind like I always I don't know I always well there are some areas that's difficult like yeah. if you have if you have, you're off a point mm-hmm. and some of the water is coming from here and some from here mm-hmm. you're going to have a moment where there's nothing happening. It's going to be eddies. Right. And nothing. But but well, I'm talking about when we when we drop our kayak in in front of the condo. Like right. there is a clear direction that the current is yeah. going, right. and we always are kayaking against it, well, <laughs> no you, matter what. How can you tell like easily? Like how can you spit other in the than water? Spit in the water and see what way the well, current's going. First of all, it's an app. It's an easy app to get, and and 
and if you've been watching out the window and you know when high tide was or when, if it's coming in now or ever flood. So you just have to know where the t tide comes from, essentially. Well, you know you if it's going out. If it's a high tide going to low, you know it's going to the right. You know, like Misawa going out. To the right. Out. Oh, right, yeah. Right? Towards the body of water. That's, That's right, towards the, the ocean. If, it, right. if, it's, if the tide's coming in, it's going the other way. That's pretty straightforward. Right. You know? um, <clears throat> and... But so, I guess a river's easy too because it's always going to be the same. Yeah, that's so, that's more gra and it's all gravity. But but the, the thing is, not the Hudson. The Hudson's Hudson is uh, a uh, tidal for a while. Yeah, yeah, it goes, to tap it goes to two directions. Oh, it's beyond cool. that. Really? Oh, so it's, like, it's like the Phil Phillies tidal. What? Which one? Philly. The Delaware. Delaware. Okay. Yeah. There's two rivers. Scoopal. Yeah, Scoopal may have a little. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, because it it's I think it's tidal up to the Ben Franklin Bridge. Yeah, because so oh, there's always, like, like that stray dolphin that, like, found its way into the right. Delaware or whatever. Right. So, oh, yeah, whales sometimes. Yeah. That's wild. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, that was a, yeah. I did a one sailboat race on, on the Delaware River. That was fat. It was called the Mushaloo Cup. Hmm. And it was, a, it was a pretty big sailboat, and the guy knew I had my own, you know, I was my own skipper. Basil, this guy's name was. He said, Mr. Adams, why don't you take the helm? And... I don't know what happened to me, but I, I got really carried away. I got, I was like Ahab. <laughs> I got carried away. <laughs> what I mean is, the smart move in the beginning of any sailboat is you're going to starboard tack, right? Mm -hmm. the, the sails over to your starboard side. Mm -hmm. Well, I I just saw an opening. And if, you don't, if you're on a port tack, you don't have the right away. Every starboard tack has a right away. So I saw an opening in front of one sailboat, behind the other sailboat. Just looking, guessing, just kind of guessing. You know, I get good at guessing after a while. You've mm -hmm. done enough times. Mm -hmm. And, no, we're staying on port tack. Whatever you say, Mr. Adams, the owner of the boat was looking at me like. What and, the hell are you doing? And uh, all I remember is we, we didn't get challenged because no we didn't make anyone have to move. Mm -hmm. Although we didn't steal their wind. But that's not, a, you can't challenge for that. You're allowed to do that, So right? a challenge right. real quick, what's a challenge? The challenge is if, if at the end of the we're race. on the port tack and they're on the starboard tack. And to avoid collision, they have to move. They have to move. Okay. So I, I just, behind one guy, well in front, I was actually in front of one guy, behind another guy. And there's 35 sailboats, all stealing each other's wing. Right. Out to the left side of the course. We're the only boat. Big, it was a 39-foot tartan, a big sailboat. Yeah. And we're, we, we're flying everything. And, and, and we have all this clean air. We ended up, at the end of the day, we ended up fourth place, which all the, there was bigger boats. You know, that was yeah. bad. An actual, I don't know where it turned out in handicap. We might have won, actually. Right, right, but, right. But that's the day I pulled both my shoulders out because <laughs> the guy had a bunch of, you know, contractors that he worked. He didn't have a sale on the boat. Oh, God. And so he, you'd have to give him, put the rope around that thing three times mm -hmm. and crank counterclock. You'd have to tell him everything. Just like when you're selling with me and Kim. <laughs> well, yeah. Or me. But, you, but the, you, know, you know, this is kind of getting old because we had to tell him over and over again. Um, so anyway, so your two young daughters do, learned very quickly that these yeah, guys they're, not. they're enthusiastic, but not with it. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not something they were interested in learning. You can tell because you're not interested. Sure. As far as you, they're, pay, they're getting paid hourly, so maybe they want to go slower. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. Maybe that's part of the ethos. My point is, you're. you're a, we ratted. We ratted. We're about to jive. You know, we're coming downwind. Ran one mark, and we're about to jive, which means jive. We have spinnaker up, jiving spinnaker. Well, they got the sheet behind the mainstay. So instead of filling out, it went around the sheet and it was going, flump, 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 flump. And grab the bubble hooks and redo them on the other side of the mast. There was no, you couldn't take the pressure off. You can't go to windward without just losing all your time. Right. Right. So take the helm, I yelled. And I ran up. And you said, well, I'm used to doing stuff on sailboats. I'm a pretty strong guy. But 30, you know, this is, this is an eight-ton boat. You know, and I take these big rollers, unhook them, oh, and I reached around the stay and I got it. Whoosh, the sail went, put both my shoulders. Oh, my God. just so pulled. And I faked it. Oh, I was going, okay, could you, uh, could you put that Pepsi up to my lips, please? <laughs> I'm joking. But it was hurting. It was hurting. And that was, that was the downfall, start of the downfall of my physique, that, that one sailor race. That was it, that sounds, huh? That, sounds that was, I mean, you, imagine, you? imagine you're going to undo something. Pull around the strand and go back. You're pulling outward, yeah. like pulling a string apart. And you're expecting the amount of force. And imagine that force is 10 times what you expect. Yes, right. yeah. And you still somehow do it. 
because it got, whoa, you know, it's like, yeah. that's a trouble. If I would suspect that much, I might have got it. But it got me out here, you know, and, and I had to come all the way back there. Oh, man. It just, you couldn't just have, well, I guess. No one knows what they were doing there. No. Yeah. And, uh, and you said, slick move. Yeah. Well, I'll see you in the hospital. <laughs> and he, the, he hired you just to... just to. He didn't hire me. Oh. He, he was just a friend of Andy's. He was an interesting guy at the, in the bar after the race, whatever race it was. Yeah. You'd always find the bar. And you'd sit at the bar, and he'd have, some, he'd have good stories to tell. Annapolis, I was sitting at a bar. I didn't even drink. Yeah. And I just listened. That was that was post-drinking. Post-drinking, yeah. Control, I always called sailing controlled schizophrenia. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Oh my God, that is there. that is like a very ill-informed reference to schizophrenia. But I for five years, maybe longer, eight years, almost every, you know, every other at least, if you average them out. Friday night, I get done work, and either guy, you guys are either mom or coming with me or not. But I get all my stuff in the truck, get down there, right, some food and a little bit of a cooler. To rock hall. Right. Put everything in the dinger at the end, end of his dock. Dingy. The dinger. The dinghy. <laughs> and row out to the boat. Take off all the sail covers. Right? Now it's dark. Right? And by 9.30, 10 o'clock, I'm, I'm motoring out into the bay, regardless of whatever the wind is. And I pull my motor up. Shut it off. Pull it up. And I've already got two sails up. And it's dead silent, except for the sound of the water against the hull. I'm moving at six knots. No idea where I'm going to go. You know what I mean? Haven't made a plan. I just start sailing. And I get somewhere by 1 o'clock in the morning. Put an, put an anchor in. You know, fall asleep outside. I used to sleep out on the trampoline mm-hmm. in a sleeping bag. And wake up to great blue herons, like learning to fly, using my boat as a practice platform. And they go back. They come. I hear this, right? <laughs> Two little hits with the feet. And then I, I peek, and they're... And they're, and they're trying, and they always hit the water, and, they, and they're so proud of themselves. And they're so <laughs> triumphant. And I think, in some small way, having this platform, this temporary trimaran, anchored in 16 inches of water, right, was just a marvelous thing for the natural yeah. parts of what, what they needed. Yeah. I don't know where else they would have gone to practice. Right. They might have have to wait another through two weeks to get bigger and stronger right. to try somewhere else. But yeah. we call it the Head Start program. <laughs> so right after the Heron Head Start program story, we continued discussing previous Heron sightings. And while cute and heartwarming indeed, uh, it ran its course. So we're going to skip to the next segment of the podcast. Enjoy. Uh, right in the creek. Is it right. the creek like the one out here? That went through it's the, the same creek we used to fish in. It's now all yeah, filled yeah. in. It's uh, right next to Old Eagle School Road. Yeah. And it, now it's filled in, but it was, um, you come up under the bridge, like you're going to go up the Old Eagle School Road, and it's on the left. Yeah. Right after the first driveway. Yeah. And it goes up the wood near the Burton John. Yeah, I followed it to, followed it to about there. Before right. From our, you know, okay. it would take us all day. We'd follow. But there's a lot of it that now is under yeah. culvert. And we get to the road, or we get to where it kind of, Went right. a drainage ditch. Right. And the other side that we got to was by Valley Forge Military Academy. We right. followed yeah. all day. Yeah. And then we would get to that road, whatever that road that is. I think it's maybe North Wayne. Yeah. North Wayne Ave. Okay. And there's yeah. a Church of the Savior there and the military school. And we would get to about there and then it would just kind I, of I remember go into the, the field. The woods when we were kids, the woods we grew up in, they were vast. Mm. They, we had tree forts here. A long here. time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. We had tree forts. We had trails. We were always making trails. We could not keep up with nature. We were always hacking our way through and making new trails. And sometimes we have to get on our knees. And Sounds like nature couldn't keep up with you. <laughs> maybe at some point. Uh, but, you know, we have to go like Kirby under something. Yeah. But we had we had it wired. You know, we know every nook and cranny. We knew where the clay was to make mm-hmm. our little pots mm-hmm. in the side of the stream. We knew where we could actually uh, have enough water to actually put our whole bodies under to swim a really hot day in mm-hmm. our bathing suits. We knew everything that was to do it. So some years later, you know, out of college and to come back to the neighborhood and I just parked my car and walked down, you know, Evergreen Avenue and walked to the end. And the woods pretty much intact, but they're the size of a postage stamp. Yeah. Right. There's no I mean I remember everything about them, but it's just so tiny. 
Right. And and it's amazing how our worlds grow. Grow. Mm. Yeah. yeah. On all sorts of levels. And yeah. it's part that your body is twice as big as it was when you were a little kid. That's a good point. But and, also, and my mindset's different. I'm conscious you, now. You climbed mountains far away. You've been right. in like deep wilderness and no, right. you know, and and I feel the same way about our backyard. You know, this backyard. yeah, this backyard. I mean, yeah. I, that's your woods that you grew up. That in. is my woods that I grew it's up. It's bigger in. than most people's. It is bigger that's than most true. people's. Yeah, that's true. Right. But I mean, I knew everything, everything. I'm everything that you were saying. I was thinking like, yep, I know where to swim. I know where to find clay. Right. Where the minnows are. Yeah. Where the minnows are. Yeah. The, yes, where, where to find crayfish. Yeah, right. exactly. Well, I, I, my All favorite the, story about our clearing we had down the stream, the lean-to we built, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, you Have had you ever been down there? Yeah, I've been down there okay. only once or twice. Yeah, like, no. you had a big party at one point down there. People yeah. were parking on Foster. Mom said, go keep an eye on I'm not going to go down there. She wanted me to go down there. <laughs> go down there? No, they're kids. They don't want me down there. So you know what I did? Oh, boy. I just sat on the rock. Oh, on our, on our picnic rock? Yeah, a rock. I just sat on the rock. And if, if a fight broke up, I might slither down and say... Well, you know my friends very well in lots of fights. Whatever, <laughs> but there was one. People yeah. were... People were, just were out. people were animated, and all I remember was like absorbing all this energy. <laughs> you guys had all this energy. It yeah. was this energy, and I remembered it well. But I had no idea it was this visceral. You know, mm-hmm. I'm on this rock, thinking, oh, "Look at this! Look at this!" I didn't know what to make of it, but it was just marvelous. I think that Big makes you. I think well, that, that makes is, you. That's dad time right there. That's dad time. Dad time I, I think that makes rock. you an ex- extrovert. What do you mean? Extrovert. An extrovert. No, I didn't. I didn't have any interaction at all. Well, but you gain energy from other people. Mm. I well, I, I find myself drained from other people. Not not that I don't enjoy it or I inherently think it's bad. I just find when I hang out with other people, I. Well, I mean, I, I look at jobs now and I think oh, that's going to be difficult. Oh, that's going to be really tough <laughs> anymore. I used right. to jump on it. Right, yeah. right, but right, right, right. I'm, I'm insulated enough crawl spaces. I like I like it to be absolutely meaningful. There was a. One guy did a lot of work for back in the day. I won't mention his name. But, you know, you go to a party at his house after a big cocktail party, and he's showing all this stuff off that I built. And I spent months there. All this stuff. And he said, look at this room I built. Look at these cabinets I built. I had built. Whatever. My name didn't come up once. Mm-mm. Right. You know? Okay. And that's, that's legal. It's legal. Yeah. yeah. But other folks say, let me introduce you to the guy that did this. He right. did this with his... Even yeah. Shelly. You know, he did this whole job with his little truck. Yeah, out of his little truck. <laughs> I had stuff delivered. It's the best compliment you can get, though, from her. Right. You know, she- I don't have the key to the executive washroom. Mm-hmm. Or the, or the, the, rac- the uh, racket club. The right. ra- racketeer club. The executive racket club. Racketeer <laughs> club. The executive racketeer club. You don't yeah. have the key to that either. There's this notion, Message there's this notion that, that when things get more and more difficult... Because people aren't getting your point, whether it be comic or otherwise. Mm. Uh, I have a great difference. I, I go abstract right away. It's true. Yeah. I'll go, I've seen it. Yeah. Gold-plated pickups. That's all I want. You know, what are you <laughs> right. talking about? You know, you, <laughs> we're talking about some drywall damage. You know, and, uh, but, you know, it's like we had this one customer. Oh, and the guys are getting around that did the callbacks. I did some. But uh, Greg was working for us at the time, years ago. And, and it, it, she, she was, this woman was so difficult. I have many other adjectives, but I'll stick with just that. It's very generous. Yeah. And she wants that fixed and that fixed and that fixed. And so we're at our wit's end. We just fixed them, and they look great. And she's just looking. And, and so we're out on the deck, and we have our little knife that we cut drywall with. And... Well, how about if I just cut this and we slit our throats <laughs> and dive over the railing in a Navy dive? How about this? How about if we do this? Will this help your problem? Right. <laughs> and yeah. it's just so abstract because there's no other solution. That's not very abstract. That's like it's very concrete. No, but the notion of it is pretty straight out there. It's, it's extreme, an, it's but extreme I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's... <laughs> Abstract. I wouldn't say it's abstract. It's a very concrete thing. It's but it's, it's what it is. It's, it's extreme. It's it's it's, it's a verbose reaction to something. Right. Like let's just. How can we make this woman feel it's awful? It's like, what if we all kill ourselves on her front lawn? Yeah. Oh, put it. Well, then she'd say, "Can can I get a new group of contractors to come fix this mess?" Right. Yeah. Yeah. That mess. Well, here's here's an example. My friend, John, one-legged John. You know what I'm talking about. 
Out I'm West. Yeah. Yeah. When he started construction. Probably not a West. great nickname. Go on. Yeah, good point. Yeah. I feel like one legged John should be. He is Ahab sailing. Okay. Yeah, that is a good. Anyway, my point. I feel like if you got a one like a John for this, he should be in your sailing portion of your story. But you know, he, he will be. We can edit that a lot. We did sail Perfect. a lot. Oh, that yes, yes, yes. yes. You know what I'm talking. About. I yeah, do yeah. know who. Okay, so anyway, he 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 puts a lot of money out there with his brother, and they start a firm and building big townhouses. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so he's he's this lady keeps calling up the customer, and they're building townhouses like they're making pancakes. They're right. one after another, three settlements a day. They're moving. Out there, I, when things were really booming in California, yeah, big, big mover. Anyway, so the lady keeps calling up the trailer. She comes up to the trailer, and okay, I'll tell you what, I'll be there exactly at one o'clock to see what the problem is. So John, he calls me up. And he called me up, not about that. What's the? I got to impress all these guys. What's the hammer? Got a California framer. You know, that's the hammer you want. Okay, so we right. got a got a big, big, you know, twenty six out. California hanging hanging from his belt. He still had a tie on, but he had his belt. And he, had, you know, so we went to this lady's house, this unit, you know, mm-hmm. and she shows him a little piece of drywall that's not really that big a problem, a little bump, maybe seam, a ridge, or two, yeah. something moved a little bit. And oh, he's looking at it very carefully. I see that. I see that. And he takes out his hammer and bashes somewhere else in the wall. <laughs> see that? We'll fix that by tomorrow. Yeah. Don't call me about stuff like that. <laughs> oh, and wow. she never called him again. Now I wish I had that nerve. I'd probably be sued and in jail. You know, I don't know. But yeah. He's just—he had these eyes that bugged out in a certain way that you didn't even want to call the cops on him. You know what I mean? Right. Right. He was just when he got you're insane, afraid. What he do to the cops? Yeah, he just—he had this look about him. He's a sweetheart, but you, it didn't look like that. Mm. You know, he had this. You know, and, uh, this one. I don't know. This is horrible because it's a drinking story. And no, drinking is not good, but this is a. <laughs> I probably told this story before, that time, right there. But this was just so outrageous. Totally he was bad. trying to sell his trimaran. Mm-hmm. Right? He had built a 31 C runner. I had a 25 foot C runner I just launched. Well, we're down in Rock Hall, and my friend Bo came up and says, Look, John's trying to sell us both. These people are coming up from New Jersey. He's already had three martini. He's, he's, he's three sheets to the wind. Right. Get him out of here. Which is, that's a sailing that's term. That's a sailing right? term. Three what? sheets to the wind. That's right. Yes, yeah. because you. Lauren told me that. Yeah, because because you never go three sheets to the wind. That's right. <laughs> you, you do that if you're wasted. That's yeah, the only... three sheets to the wind will put you in irons. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. There you go. Wow. So there's a whole. Yeah. So anyway, it's all sailing stuff. Um, he he shows up. They show yeah. up. I didn't get him out in time, and he's just he's been out an alcohol. You know, three martinis put him up like like he's he's uh, what did, I don't know what the term aphasia. I don't know, but he's he's spitting Slurring. and he's he's foaming at the mouth and he's just it's bad. Rabies. And he's yeah, it's like he's rabies. himself to rabies. He drank himself to rabies. And he is looking at these people. You pansies from New Jersey, you don't even know how to sail. <laughs> he's trying to sell a sailboat. John, come on, come on, man. So I took him out of my boat. I said, right. John, come on, let's just go for a sail. Get you, you got to get straight up so you can yeah. sail. All right. So he comes out of my boat, and uh, it's a nice breeze. And then. I was up at the dock at the marina further up where I kept it in a while. And uh, I said, look, I'll, I'll just untie the sheets and I'll raise the main. And uh, we'll just we'll just sail out of the anchorage. The wind was going right away. It was a light wind, maybe Cruise five down. knots, six knots. <clears throat> well, so is he all set? You're going to raise the main? Okay, so he takes a couple wraps on the winch on the mast. Oh, boy. And he pulls, and he's strong. So the sail goes right up. And I told him. I've got an ex. I've got an extra tail on that. Right. Right. So he pulls, and the sail's up, but he keeps pulling, and nothing. He goes over forward. Oh Jesus! He's underwater. Oh, he's <laughs> under the trampoline. It's not the boat's not moving fast. Right. We're in an anchorage. We're just we're just moving slowly. So right. I'm sailing. I'm, I have I have steerage, but I have a guy being dragged under my pontoon. <laughs> so all these it was about it was about. In the afternoon, people are starting on their martinis right. in, in their boats on their anchorage. You know, uh, the dinghies are there. They're just having a nice, relaxing evening. Start, start the evening. And uh, I said, John, hold on a minute. I'll give you a ladder. I'll pull up into the wind. Right. So you, you know, we don't. And he yells out at the top of his lungs, "No, I don't want to sacrifice any boat speed." <laughs> <laughs> Like we were in a race. 
And all I remember is these people sitting on their sailboats looking over. This guy yelling about boats being from the water. But he did it in a stoic voice. Oh like, my god. No, like Ahab. I don't want to sacrifice anybody like Ted Turner. Like right, that. right, right. Oh. Meanwhile, him being in the water is sacrificing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And, it, and so I get him up aboard, and, the, and I take him out for a nice evening sail. And the whole trip, he kind of sobered off a little. He's trying to dry his cigarettes out. <laughs> one by one. On the hatch in the sunlight, the remaining sunlight. And he's bending the hatch so the set gets maximum sunlight just to... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, and his boat, the people bought the boat. Thank you for listening to Dad Talk. We had fun. I hope you did too. Join us next time when we have a special guest, Kimberly Adams. And remember, it's never a bad idea to look both ways while crossing a one-way street.